Sports Betting Preview Podcast from Pregame.com. Pregame.com. Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip. Vegas, baby. With your host, R.J. Bell. I saw him on ESPN. Can I call Marco Daddy? VR seems wild. Minnesota at New Orleans, the kickoff to the 2010 NFL season. Marco, what should gamblers be thinking about? One thing, is Brett Favre ready to trade points with Drew Brees? I say he's not. Okay, that that is the question. It's going to be hard, I think, clearly to stop New Orleans offensively. And so the question becomes, can Minnesota score? Now, Brett Favre had his best statistical year by some accounts Last year, it would seem that engenders faith in his ability to be involved and in, in succeed in a shootout. Why do you think otherwise? Well, first of all, he's a year older. We all get older. But last year when he came to camp, much like he did yeah, but this he was, year. He was a year older last year than he was the prior year. He was, but he had a break when he started the season last year. Came into camp, got a couple weeks in, got a couple games, started the season he, in essence, had two more preseason games because they started against Cleveland and Detroit. That's a huge difference. And though Cleveland, at the end of the year, was playing pretty well, beginning of the year they were maybe the worst team in the NFL. Absolutely. Them and Detroit, and so, they got them back-to-back. So the point you're making is that Favre coming into camp late now for a number of years, you would think has some negative ramifications for his early season performance. If not, why isn't Tom Brady and Peyton Manning coming in late? If, if there's an advantage to it or if it's neutral. Clearly, the consensus is it's not neutral, it's a negative. You're saying that negative was covered up last year because of the patsies they were playing early. Now they got maybe their toughest game of the year right off the bat, and you think the coming into camp late is going to be a big detriment. Absolutely. They didn't need him to perform at the high level against those two teams. They're going to need him in this game if they're going to trade points with Drew Brees. I just don't think they can. So that's going to switch the attention to Adrian Peterson, who's going to have to have a huge game for the Vikings to try to shorten this game and keep that offense off the field of New Orleans. That brings up a point. This is something of, uh, I almost said Vince Lombardi. Uh, Mike Lombardi from NFL.com, he does a bunch of podcasts. Uh, really sharp guy, used to be a... Uh, I think he was actually GM with uh, the Raiders, but he was high up with the Raiders. And he said that in a dome, that passing teams have much more problem than running teams. That on the snap count, that uh, running teams, the way that it works is the crowd noise is much less of a detriment than with a passing team. Which again would say, Peterson, if Favre is a question mark to you, and I would agree with that, Peterson becomes the key. So now the question becomes, is he going to be enough? I don't think so. I like the Saints in this game. So you have have an official projection on this? Official projection. I like the Saints. I have them as a 24-17 type winner in this game. Don't forget, too, it is a revenge game from the NFC Championship game last year. And if you go back to last year, and we actually were watching this game together at uh, MGM last year, if you remember, the championship game. The better team on the field that day was Minnesota, even though they lost. I felt they were the better I, team. I would agree. But I don't say that now. 
Another factor that's going to so affect... So what's changed? What's changed is what we just talked about, but another thing is offensively... Uh, so what we just talked is far of... Far early in the year is going to is going to be a negative, but but in theory by week eight or nine that's not going to be the case anymore. So what else is making Minnesota just again beyond this game a little bit less than they were last year? In your opinion, in addition to Favre, he's got wide receiver issues right now. Uh, Percy Harvin's been suffering from migraines all preseason. So even if the- he even if he's able to play. You're going to have the issue of the preparation time and everything. Continuity, timing with Favre and that. I just don't think that this team can be ready for this game a Thursday. The hyped-up crowd for you know the Super Bowl champs on opening night, you know that, that the Dome is going yeah, to be electric. Yeah, the Dome's going to be rocking. Wide receiver Rice is out, and a lot of the, the insiders believe that's the key to all of this right now. And the Adrian Peterson, the fumbles he had last year, uh, made it to the point he wasn't getting the carries that, that, that some would say the best running back in the league should be getting. Uh, so Peterson clearly is the key here, which segues into my point, which is I believe that this is a perfect example of a correlated parlay, which means where the side winner has an effect on the total winner. And in this case specifically, if Minnesota covers, I think there's a better than 50% chance that the game is going to go under. And if New Orleans covers, I believe there's going to be a better than 50% chance the game goes over, which even if those chances are, let's say, 60%, uh, if, if New Orleans covers, it's actually a very good bet is to correlate them and, and put a two-teamer together. Kind of tying into that, New Orleans has gone over 16 of 22 games at home. So they're going to score their points. If Minnesota's not going to, which is what you suspect, then, then, then New Orleans really does seem to be the side. I like New Orleans in the over as a correlated parlay. I'm going to just go with New Orleans. All right. Well, now it's you guys' turn to get involved. You can continue the conversation in the comments section with me and Marco. And next up, we're going to be looking at Marshall, West Virginia. For the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit pregameaction.com. For free real-time odds, lines, and scores, visit pregamelines.com. West Virginia at Marshall, Friday night ESPN. Marco, what should sports bettors be thinking about? This is a rivalry game, but it's a rivalry game that means more to one of the two participants, and that would be Marshall. Lot of, though you're, you grew up in West Virginia, right? No. Uh, Very close. <laughs> About but, uh, as close as you. <laughs> Actually, you're closer. The uh, Marshall was in West Virginia some, for, for some that don't know that, which, like you said, is the rivalry. The smaller school, this is a big deal to them. I think th- as you dig a little deeper into this game, a, a couple key factors really jump out. One is the Marshall coach, Doc Holliday, uh, was the associate, associate head coach at West Virginia last year. So typically in those spots, what is that? If you have a coach that was with the program as an assistant and then moves on to be a head coach somewhere else, what effect does that have on your handicap? To me, I would look at it as, you know, he left there in good terms and everything that they're not going to really want to run the score up on him. Which, if the, if the point spread was 24, 28 plus, that would be a valid point. Clearly less than two touchdowns, West Virginia is going to be trying to score to get it past two touchdowns at any point in the fourth quarter just for safety's sake to win the game. There is, but there's also, 
you don't have to necessarily, when you talk about running up the score, the margin of victory, but the tempo of the game, too. And what well, I, know- I disagree. You, you're never, ever going to not want to be up two touchdowns. So, well, you're going to say, uh, we're a 13-point favorite. Let's slow it down in the first quarter so we don't kill them. That's what Marshall's going to be trying to do, slow it down so there's less possessions because they're a weaker team. So uh, the idea, you're a touchy-feely guy, and, and uh, I mean, all joking aside, is there's jobs on the line with these people. And I can promise you West Virginia's going to try their very – the only time running up ever matters is in the fourth quarter, up by 21 or more, are you throwing or aren't you throwing? Do you have your second string in or don't you? And there's no scenario – where the point spread is going to be affected by that with a 13-point spread. Well, what I was going to say, and I'll say it now, is that when Rodriguez was at West Virginia, this series was very high scoring. The two games that they've played since Rodriguez has left under this coaching regime, both of the games were West Virginia scored in the 20s and Marshall was in single digits. So it was a different complexion of a game. Uh, I'm looking statistically. Except the, the Doc Holiday was with West Virginia last year. He was. So, this, so what we're talking about isn't necessarily how these teams match up, or I, I don't think any real handicap is. Well, how did the teams do against each other last year? Because clearly the question is, uh, you know, how many returning starters, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So my takeaway is this: in a diff, with a different point spread, that affiliation between the Marshall coach and West Virginia might be meaningful. At this point, spread, it's not going to be when it comes to motivation. But it might be when it comes to being familiar with the program, that Doc Holliday is going to be very familiar with West Virginia and the way they do things, their weaknesses, their strengths. i got to say that's a big red thumbs up on the Marshall side when it comes to that coaching relationship. I agree with you. Um, That's all you, sometimes you can just say, I agree. Yeah, well, I was going to bring up a point that you made last week when we talked about Ohio State, and I think that going to you know, the current West Virginia coach, that that might be a, a possible philosophy uh, with the scoring. Remember you said about Ohio State when they played Ohio, that you know, football's big in Ohio and the Jim Trestle. Exactly. So the point I made last week was they aren't going to want to beat up on an in-state school, especially one that's overmatched. But again, this is a two-touchdown game. I mean, this isn't much more of a – Miami-Ohio State is – what's the line in that game? Nine? Eight and a half, yeah. All right. This line is four points different. <laughs> Who's the, is anyone saying, I wonder if Trestle's going to run it up? Yeah, but there's there's it's difference four points of the line, but there's a difference. West Virginia's on the road, so West Virginia clearly, if they were playing at home, would but be three road, touchdowns. But, what, but but the thing is, being on the road is going to affect their ability to dominate the game. So it's not just a choice. It's not like playing with your seventh grade when you're a senior with your seventh grade brother playing basketball. Okay, a couple other points I think are really good. Here's the negative to Marshall, which is they did play Ohio State last week. And I can tell you from my coaching relationships is when a small school plays a monster, they physically feel it the next week. They're getting beat up like back to the brother, the little brother. It's like the senior beating up on the seventh grader. Physically, they're not used to this in practice or anything. So they're really, really 
most likely affected by that. It's going to take more than a week to get over that. That's a negative for Marshall. Number two, Ohio State went so vanilla, as they always do early in the year, and we talked about in our Ohio State betting preview video, is the score is likely less um, extreme than it could have been. And actually, Marshall had a special teams touchdown, which made the score look closer. So I don't think this Marshall team is quite as good as people think, based on the Ohio State game not being a total domination. The only thing that I found interesting with what Vegas did that gave me a little bit of pause on this game is the fact that they did bring this out, and you, you keep touching about the 13, is as dominant as West Virginia looks on paper and as bad as Marshall looked last week, would you have thought any different if they'd have brought this out at the full two touchdowns? No. I, if anything, it seems a little short. And, and that it seems like the value's on West Virginia. It does. That's the only thing that gives me pause of not really pulling the trigger on West Virginia. Because when I see that... You think the bookies are trying to induce you into laying the 13. Yes. Which means you want to take the 13. Yeah. Handicap-wise, I actually have it as a 14-point game. I have West Virginia winning by 14. 27-13. All right, so you have an official projection on this game. West Virginia, 27-13. So you're going to have to watch the lines, you know, value here. If you're still getting West Virginia at 13 on Saturday then West Virginia, I'll go ahead and give you the buy sign. So really, even with that one-point difference, 14 off of 13, you'd be batting this at 13? Yes. Wow, so that's interesting. But though you think it's going to be a 14-point game? I, this game is just, it's, it's about value. Small, where play. It's going to fall. Small, Small play. This is just an opinion, yes. This isn't when Marco gets the rubber band. No, the rubber band is doubled up right now. <laughs> Okay, this is when it's your turn to get involved. You can continue the conversation in the comment section with me and Marco. 